Youth ministry can be difficult, messy, and even awkward at times. This podcast is to help you embrace those moments better. Whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, or even a parent, we want to give practical tips to help unpack the weird and fringe moments dealing with youth. And now, here are your hosts for Embrace the Awkward Podcast, DJ and Kyle. Welcome to episode 33 of the Embrace the Awkward Podcast, where we have lots of goals in mind, but one we've... Lots of them. Lots of them. (laughs) Yeah, we have a million goals and we meet them all. But we have one we like to focus on a lot, uses kind of our main mantra, and that is Kyle... Uh, to help you handle awkward better. You remembered. That's Good right. job. I don't know that you've been the one to say that. No, I've point. never said that. Thank you. It's been 33 episodes. I've been waiting. Vi- I feel violated. I really do. <laughs> this is just the worst. Um, so if you didn't listen to the last episode, check it out right now. Like literally, if you haven't listened to episode 32, stop listening. Go listen to it. Listen to that one right now. Yes, you're going to need that. Yeah. Uh, but... We're in episode 33 now, and last episode we talked about the good side of mission trips, which is yeah, what's, the benefits. The, what the fun things to talk about, but there's right. also, it's pretty easy to flip the coin. There are some things that are difficult, tricky, maybe not so great about mission trip. Where have you all been? on? You, you said last episode you've been on 11 mission trips. Where have you all been? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of student mission trips. So even though today's episode is all about the <laughs> downside of short-term mission trips, Okay, these are seven to ten days, uh, domestic, foreign, doesn't matter the location. Um, I for my for me, I actually did some uh, kind of writing down. I've been to Chicago, Denver, and Pine Ridge Native American. That's my domestic ones. Um, I've been to Wichita, Kansas, is another uh, domestic one. Okay, I've been on a foreign mission trips either as a student or as a leader. I've been to Mexico, Northern Ireland, Vancouver. Canada, Nicaragua, and now soon to be Costa Rica. Wow. So I'm excited for that. Oh, I, I've been to another trip in Florida okay. as well, all around Florida. Sure. Um, that's a, It was a, a unique trip. I think it was a youth trip, but it wasn't really missions oriented, but we did a lot of mission stuff. Right. So uh, speaking as the person who hasn't done as many mission trips, I will say this. I'm in my mission field every day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so today's kind of the, the downside of short-term mission trips. Um, Kyle, why don't you kind of kick us off? Last episode, I kind of just interviewed you. I haven't led a mission trip, so I'm learning a lot in this process, okay. and I'm taking in a lot. So I want to know, kind of kick us off here. So there are downsides of short-term mission trips. My interest has peaked. Yeah. So the mission trip, like I said last time, the short-term mission trip or leading a short-term mission trip will be one of your biggest undertakings that you will ever have in youth ministry. It requires more of you, from you, resources, time, energy, planning than anything you do. I'm telling you, I've led camps um, and I've led uh, mission trips and I would do 20 camps over a single mission trip. Now, I still do mission trips almost every year because I see the value uh, of those mission trips, but camps are 10 times easier for that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I think one of the the downsides, it's the highest level of commitment required. If you're like, ah, I'll just let the missions organization lead this or take care of this, don't go on a mission trip. I'm telling you right now, if you don't do it right, you'll actually negatively taint the people's experiences to where they might not go on mission trips in the future, all because they went on a bad mission trip experience. Mm -hmm. So your goal is to prevent as much as you can. It's not 100%. But, man, you need to make sure you have the right environment and everything to do the right location. And right. We'll, talk, we'll have some helpful hints in later episodes. Totally. 
So, um, it, I would imagine that planning, uh, I mean, I've planned conferences or, you know, just small things and obviously this, the day-to-day planning stuff, but I would imagine for something that especially goes out of your area, an overnight thing, especially when you're looking at, um, out of the country, you're looking at in a COVID world. Now you're kind of looking this in the eyes right now. Yep. I'm assuming there's a really high, I, I, I should say there's a really low level of commitment. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are just like, oh, no, I'll just sign up two days before a mission trip. I'll just go. No big right. deal. Right. It's not like Michael Scott in the office where he just boards the bus to Mexico. <laughs> That's a great example. And it hit the reality of, of Andy and Michael on the bus. I don't remember what episode it's called, but they basically get on a bus of people going to Mexico to serve. Right. On a mission trip. For like two months. I mean, it's a long mission trip. He was wearing a suit. No suitcase, nothing. He was just on fire. And then reality hit, and he's like, oh, this is going to suck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And by the way, did they not almost kind of nail the stereotypical youth leader weirdness? Oh, Oh, everyone's excited. And who is this youth guy who accepts two completely strangers? seriously. And like, oh, these people have been background checked and all that. Yeah, sure. Come on. Right. Man, Christians aren't idiots. (laughs) That's the only downside. <laughs> some, some are, but they're not idiots because they're a Christian. <laughs> okay, so you're in the heights of the of of I mean the the peak of the commitment. I'm assuming. Yeah. So, is there a high level of commitment that's required of you to be leading a mission trip? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it it's the highest of requirements, and requirement also means it's expensive. And that's another downside. It is extremely expensive commitment because. It costs a lot of money to plan, to fly, to travel, to eat, to uh, spend on the mission organization. Uh, there was an article written, and it, the 2008 is the most recent uh, data that I have found. Okay. But on short-term mission trips worldwide, $2 billion in 2008 was spent on short-term mission trips. And I think the biggest argument that people use is why are you fundraising $1,000 on this trip when you can just go right down the street (laughs) and and spend that money on a homeless shelter or spend 10% of that money? Sure. You know what? Look, I'm not trying to put a – create a, a straw man argument here but yeah mission trips are expensive and that's why you maybe can't go every single year but I our youth ministry has a value of you should go on a mission trip once every high school career okay now we do short-term mission trips for middle schoolers or two it's not foreign it's usually domestic sure but man uh, once every four years now we go on a mission trip every year so some people sign up every year some people sign up every other year sure it's expensive it's a commitment we budget money just for mission trip stuff we do support letters we do fundraisers and here's the thing the argument could say oh why you're spending all that money because nothing grows a student ministry or a student spiritually like a mission trip and does it cost money absolutely because you have to go where your culture isn't yeah. Now, we do mission trips locally, too, right down our street. We do service projects as part of the training and as part of our mission trip yearly rotation, and I'll get into that later. But mission trips are expensive, but you could also say that about student ministry. Mm-hmm. Why should you spend on student ministry? Can't they just go to the big church and just listen to the sermon there? Yeah. So why spend money on student ministry? You could say that about kids' ministry. You could say that about, you know, Anything. heating. Like, why don't you just not have church in the wintertime? Why not play high school sports? Just join a club team or, yeah. or join the high school sports instead of club team right. or whatever. I right. Mean. So saying it be just because it's expensive doesn't mean you shouldn't go. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying 
it's expensive. You need to be aware of that yeah. before you think about, I'm ready to go on a mission trip. Yeah. So we kind of hit the nail on the head earlier with Michael and Andy getting on the bus to head to, to Mexico when they realized that they might have to sacrifice something to <laughs> go on this trip. Is that a reality? Are you sacrificing something by going on a mission trip? I'm going to tell you to... I'm going to tell you straight, okay? Tell it to you straight. Straight talk to teams. There we go. Straight talk to teams from from our Burt Club. Club. Yep. Here's the reality. You will have to sacrifice something. You will have to sacrifice that year you go on a mission trip. That might mean you don't go to camp. That might mean you have to sacrifice a ski trip. When I first joined one of my youth ministries um, a while ago, they had a yearly spring break ski trip, and it was actually pretty popular. But here's the thing. It was just for fun. It was just for the Christians, and it was $600 or something like that. It was just crazy expensive, and I was like, no, no, we're going to spend that money on a missions trip. Um, So you're going to have to sacrifice something. You're going to have to sacrifice a time or an event that you normally wouldn't sacrifice, and if you're not willing to make that sacrifice, then you shouldn't go. I usually do yearly – or sorry, I usually do monthly team meetings up to 10 months to a year leading up to the team, all right? Mm -hmm. So you need to sacrifice something in order to do that. That might mean you don't do a Sunday school or a Bible study on Sunday mornings because on a monthly meeting, you have to have a monthly team meeting. So whatever that sacrifice is, know that you have to do that. And here's the thing. You're going to have to send out support letters. So that might mean fundraise-wise, you might have to have people sacrifice by giving money or you can't fundraise for something else. Like we really need a new computer or we really need a new soundboard in our sound system. We'll use fundraise for a mission trip instead of that. Some of those decisions are hard and you need to make them now before you agree to go on a mission trip. Right, sure. So are there things that maybe no one really thinks about when, uh, in terms of what's going on on the other side of the mission trip with the people you're going to, uh, yes. are there some things that maybe no one really thinks about um, that you might be affecting the people you're going to or the, the country you're in, the economy? I mean, talk about that. Yeah, so there's some downside just philosophically with short-term mission trips. And so I don't want to get into bashing a particular denomination or a particular um, missions organization and, and all that, but Hurting the local economy is one of the negatives of short-term mission trips, especially if you don't do it right or you choose the wrong missions organization that doesn't do it right. Now, there's a long history of bad experiences with short-term mission trips or mission trips in general. I mean, you could just think about, and I hate to bring this up, but how the pilgrims witnessed to the Native Americans in the United States. Um, It wasn't a short-term mission trip, but they thought it was a mission field. Um, And several denominations really did some destructive things um, with this. One thing you don't really realize, especially if you go on a Mm -hmm. work-based mission trip, like building houses, working on stuff, is you're hurting the local economy by taking jobs away from the locals. I always try to do people-oriented mission trips and decrease the work-oriented on that. So I don't go down there. I don't go on mission trips to build a house or to build an orphanage. Is there anything wrong with that? No. But you're taking jobs away from local things because it's free labor, free labor down there. So 
uh, definitely encourage the locals to do that. It's better to pay locals to do the work than having free labor to go down there. I know that sounds weird. Um, the other thing is you take away from some buying some stuff. If you bring toys and clothes and all kinds of goodies from rich America down to Africa or Central America or whatnot, you're taking away from local business owners down there too. So even be careful what you bring down there. Encourage people. I always give tons of uh, spending money to people so they buy local, All right, especially stores who work with the local churches that we go through to avoid mm, that. Sure. So. A lot of times we bring um, the the Western idea uh, or the yeah. Western you know theology worldview. Um, we bring products with us sometimes that you know clothing or all types of stuff. But is there does has, does it ever create like a dependency sometimes? Um, you know, like what oh. does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, another negative or downside of short term mission trips is it create dependency. Sometimes, especially if a missions organization goes to the same spot over and over and over Mm -hmm. again, now all these locals set up shops and all they do is sell to missionary kids who spend $40 on a poncho. Right. right? Um, And could easily sell it for $10.99 in Walmart. And will buy copious amounts of stuff copious amounts of dumb stuff to give to be i mean they're like i'm gonna buy everyone because they they go and it's a different currency or whatever or the price of the dollars way lower and they're like it's 25 cents yeah this is awesome or americans are scared to haggle so they know that so they up the price right and they don't haggle down and they just accept the price but they went in for haggling that's like the whole entire cruise industry for a lot of these (laughs) places that cruise ships stop at and so when we say create dependency, that means we need to be careful that they are not dependent on our Western economy or view of Christianity, that we are working with local missionaries or local churches, that when we leave, ministry is still happening and they're not yeah. here just for us financially. Yeah, sure. So something that I'm noticing a lot in students, I'm, I'm seeing this in students in my ministry but also out, is that... Um, you know, because you kind of talked about a little bit the history of some of the ways that people who are doing what they're calling mission work or missionaries yeah. in the past. Right. I mean, I had to read books when I was a history ed major about missionaries from some of these denominations that I won't name that um, would go into a Native American population and basically force them to join their religion yeah. Yeah. and and white and you know kind of white them. Is right. basically what they would do. Right, is use make them be a part of the white culture. Yes, and civilize them is really what they're trying to do, even though they might not use that word. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, does that is does does any of that exist still? I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, I know that's no, a Christians huge are perfect of, and never do anything bad. Right. 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 <laughs> that's a huge can of worms here, and yeah, you know, and wanna, we won't get into. All of that because that's a huge problem, especially in today's society, dealing with race issues and all that. Mm -hmm. But specifically speaking with short-term mission trips, it can be very offensive. That can be a downside, especially if you go in with naive, wonderful, intentional, but naive teenagers Mm -hmm. who they say, oh, look, a homeless person, and they go up and try to take a selfie with him. Um, is I've had cringe-worthy, awkward moments where teenagers just don't think. That's when I really realized we need to prepare them before the trip on this. 
getting permission from taking people's uh, pictures, not realizing, oh, you're poor? Here's 50 bucks. Okay, no, that, that's our cab driver. Okay. He's, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just some really stupid things we can avoid. But And that also depends. You need to choose a good missions organization, and you need to be very intentional on what you're going to do down there, but also realize that you're not coming down there to – serve American Jesus, you're coming down there to where God is already at work. Yeah. And they're probably some of the most happiest. I've been to third world countries and they're the most happiest people on the planet. Sure. And we think we're bringing happiness with us. Right. Or we're saving them somehow from their poverty or from, uh, you know, Satan and all that. No, we're not doing any of that. God saves them. Yeah. Um, we're simply a tool that God uses. So that's where we need to go. And we need to be very culturally sensitive, especially since, oh, in America, girls can wear short shorts and spaghetti straps and all that. And you go down to Central America countries, that's extremely offensive. Yeah. They need to adjust from that. Women power, all this stuff. No, no, no. You dress how they dress. Yeah. That's how you don't put a roadblock between you and Jesus. Yeah. And so that's what some of the things have to avoid that offensiveness, especially when you're trying to evangelize to them. Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So have you ever, I mean, we talked kind of in the last episode how it's a huge momentum builder. Has Have you ever had a kid come back and and just kind of drift? I mean, just not enjoy it or, or drift away or they saw something that, that so shook them to the core that they can't handle their faith, that they can't handle where they're at, where they're being called to maybe. I mean, have you seen that? Yeah, so I call it the lost one. This is a downside that I guarantee most people will not share this or definitely most <laughs> organizations or anything like that. This is not out there publicly, but I've talked to enough youth pastors going on mission trips, and I've experienced this on almost every single mission trip I've been on, either a leader or as a student. Here's the bottom line. Most people don't realize that you will usually lose one student. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying you leave them down in that foreign country. Okay. I'm saying spiritually, they get confronted with Jesus. They have a come to Jesus moment on this mission trip, but they don't want to deal with that sin or that blockage in their life or that relationship or give up whatever is preventing them from growing spiritually, or they have so much baggage um, that they just don't want or are scared to get rid of it, and they come back, and now they realize, I'm a fake, I'm a hypocrite, or I'm pain- it's painful dealing with the hard stuff, and they fall away from youth group. Okay. Sure. I'm not talking about they lose salvation. That's a whole other discussion. I'm saying I never see them again. Mm. There's always one person on the trip, especially if you have more than 25 people going. Now, yeah. I'm talking statistics, all right? If you sure. go three people going, doesn't mean one of them for sure. Right. Right, 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 right. I'm talking you taking a big group because you always have a come to Jesus moment on a mission trip. Whether you confront it, whether it's intentional, whether it's accidental, I always have every night we come back and we have a time of debriefing, a prayer, a worship, and sharing every night a mission trip so people can process what they're experiencing on a daily basis. Sure. So it's not so heavy overload at the end of the trip. But, man, I've seen people share and confess sins that I never would thought they would share oh, yeah, <laughs> with sure. people on a mission trip. Wow. And. And I've seen people confess on the mission trip, not deal with it properly, even though I've tried or help, or have a small group that helped them, and then they'd stop going to youth group. Mm. Uh, it breaks my heart. I can tell you every single person's name on my 11 trips 
who has fell away. It might not happen right away, but within a matter of three months, 90 days, they're no longer going to youth group. Wow. And it's never bad. It's never anger. It's never, oh, I hate you, or youth group stupid, or I, I don't believe in God anymore. Some end up that way, but it was a slow, gradual fade. Yeah. And it's because they had that moment where they're coming and had to have Jesus is real or Jesus is not real, and I don't care, moment on a mission trip. And they walked away because they didn't deal with the thing that was blocking them from spiritual growth. Yeah. That's a downside. You have to be prepared for that. Um, You might have, some people might say, I can't go on a mission trip because of that. I get that. That's a fair, fair um, reason. But I think there's so much more benefit on the other side as well. Yeah. Because everyone's going to come to Jesus, whether on this earth or after this earth. And I would rather have them come to Jesus now where they have a chance to grow and, and deal with it than when they die. Yeah. I mean, and, and you've talked about this idea in both these episodes so far. We've got more awesome stuff coming that we'll get to. But you've talked about the idea that we're going somewhere that God is already at work. Um, and, man, like that. I repeat that a million times on training trips. Oh, that's that's just awesome to think about. And, you know, um, and to think about the idea, too, you've talked about domestic trips as well. And, like, for you to have this amazing experience on a mission trip, it's not like God is not just working in America and God is not just working in a third world country. Right. Like there, you don't have to go overseas. You can, if you, if, if you're looking at this and and you're going, boy, planning an international mission trip sounds just so overbearing right now, which you probably always will. Yes. Especially with COVID. Right. But if you're looking at it and going, I just don't have the time, the resources, whatever. And you go, okay, we have local needs. Yep. We have needs in our state. I mean, there's a reason that Acts 1-8 talks about Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and all ends of the earth. That process of start small and go big or further away. Right. That's intentional. Yeah. If Yeah, definitely. And so, um, I mean, there's kind of a bottom line here that you're going somewhere that God is already working. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I tell them multiple times, you're going to hear this <laughs> repeated with me, you're not bringing Jesus with you in your suitcase. Like, Jesus is already there. And if you can make that, that concept real in your mind, where it's the same God working here as it is across the world, and he's working at the same time, you, you realize that you're a part of something so much bigger than yourself. And you can see, ah, okay. And you start seeing the world differently. Mm-hmm. Because... Mission trips are worth it, yeah. But man, it takes sacrifice, resources, time, and pain. There are some painful moments, but sometimes those painful moments can lead to straight beauty and growth, and it is worth it. But there is some downside, and you need to know that before you go in. So next episode, yeah. we're going to deal with how can we avoid some of these downsides, right? <laughs> how can we actually go on a mission trip without being overwhelmed, right? So if you haven't noticed the last two episodes, we haven't given a lot of tips and tricks like we normally do. That's intentional. Yes. The next couple of episodes, we'll get into that. We've also got an episode where we're just going to share some awkward, funny, funny stories. stories. And yeah. again, if you have some funny stories, because we know you do, if you've gone on a mission trip, it's impossible to not have funny, awkward, weird, strange uncomfortable stories we want to hear them we'd love to share them so if you've got them send them our way on any of our our platforms on on that dta podcast on instagram our facebook community group embrace the awkward podcast community at our email i mean anyway you can reach us a multitude of ways we want to hear from you um and and yeah remember that idea that the hard moments the painful moments can make beautiful moments of, of great spiritual growth out of awkward amazing things can happen thanks so much for joining us and listening And thanks for being our friend. We'll see you next time. Yeah.